0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Insamy, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America’s Roundtable on Apple Podcast, Amazon and Spotify. Visit America’s Roundtable at americasrt.com americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America’s Roundtable and Twitter at AmericasRT. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website americasrt.com. Welcome to America’s Roundtable.
0: It's Saturday, and thank you for joining us this weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. This weekend, we are joined by two influential and principal leaders from media and the public policy arena, respectively. Chris Mitchell from CBN News, the Jerusalem Dateline, and Victor Davis Hanson from the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. Our first guest is no stranger to America's Roundtable and its engaged listeners. Chris Mitchell is the CBN News Middle East bureau chief based in Jerusalem, Israel. He first began reporting on the Middle East in the mid-1990s. Chris Mitchell has traveled extensively throughout the Middle East and in certain locations which are considered the most dangerous parts of the region. He is the author of ISIS, Iran, and Israel, what you need to know about the current Mideast crisis and the coming Mideast war. And without further delay, welcome, Chris. It's great to have you back on America's Roundtable.
1: Good morning, Chris.
2: Good morning, Natasha. Good morning, Joel. Great to be with you.
1: Chris, this past week, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Michael McCall sent a letter to President Joe Biden underscoring his concern over recent revelations that the administration is pursuing a new nuclear deal with Iran, calling into question the administration's intent to adhere to its legal obligations under the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act of 2015, INARA. Uh, Chairman McCall wrote, and I quote, "Uh, Rather than using United States diplomatic leverage and military deterrence to dissuade Iran from engaging in these malign activities, this administration is rewarding Iran's bad behavior in exchange for a false promise of de-escalation. I urge the administration to remember that U.S. law requires that any agreement, arrangement, or understanding with Iran needs to be submitted to Congress pursuant to Inara. And any continued obstruction will rob the American people and in particular the gold star families whose loved ones were killed by Iran-backed terrorism Mm -hmm. of answers about why the United States is facilitating the lining of Iran's coffers, Uh, Chris, in your book, ISIS, Iran and Israel, What You Need to Know About the Current Mid-East Crisis and the Coming Mid-East War… You warned us that Iran is developing nuclear weapons not just to annihilate Israel but to destroy the West. Uh, The Jerusalem Post reported that Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei made a statement to the effect that the West could not stop Iran from building nuclear weapons if Tehran wanted to pursue a nuclear arms program. Uh, Chris, why is Biden administration allowing Iran to become a nuclear-armed nation?
2: Well, Natasha, it seems like uh, this is not just the Biden administration, but it's also the Obama administration 2.0 seems like many of the officials that were in the Obama administration that uh, struck the 2015 nuclear deal uh, are participating in the Biden administration the the motivation seems to be the same idea that they could somehow restrain Iran from uh, from getting a nuclear weapon and and somehow restrain Iran from its uh, ambitions throughout the region uh, they have proxies in uh, Lebanon with Hezbollah they have proxies Uh, Islamic Jihad and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. They have the Houthis down in Yemen. They have militias in Syria. Part of their goal is to surround Israel with these proxies that would pose a, uh, you know, a strategic threat to the Jewish state. Uh, In addition, that would be a deterrent against uh, Israel from attacking Iran's nuclear facilities. Uh, So why they want to do this is um, it seems misguided. It seems uh, short-sighted that they um, somehow believe that the Iran the Iranian regime will restrain itself because of these particular things they set up in the uh, negotiations. I think Iran uh, has proven over over the years that it will not necessarily abide by these agreements. Their ideology and even their theology uh, is such that they want to um, destroy Israel, destroy the West, they want to impose their brand of islam not only in the region but also in the entire world and they haven't stopped their uh, those goals since the iranian regime in 1979 so i think many times the west fails to understand the depth of their commitment to their theology and ideology that will uh, that motivates them for these past uh, 4 plus decades mm-hmm.
0: Chris, according to your reporting via CBN News, the Jerusalem Dateline, you have brought to our attention that the Israel Defense Forces, IDF, wrapped up a two-week drill focused on a potential multi-front war with Iran and its terror proxies across the Middle East, such as the Lebanese Hezbollah. The exercises dubbed Firm Hand involved troops from the Standing and Reserve Army from nearly all units, and according to the IDF, the drills included ground forces, simulating fighting on israel's northern frontier with lebanon the air force carrying out mock air strikes deep in enemy territory navy operations at sea intelligence units working around the clock and cyber units simulating electronic warfare chris you talked about iran for decades and uh, you've really communicated how they have been building up proxies to target Israel. Can you explain to our listeners how Iran is trying to put a noose around Israel's neck from a geographic point of view, as stated by Israel's Strategic Minister Ron Dermer, and how serious are these threats posed by Iran, a state sponsor of terrorism?
2: Well, I alluded to it already, Joel. Uh, geographically, on Israel's north, they have maybe... 150 to 200,000 rockets and missiles in South Lebanon by Hezbollah. For years, they have been trying to get these weapons uh, through Syria, from Iran, into Lebanon uh, as a major strategic threat uh, against the Jewish state. Many of these missiles themselves are precision guided, meaning that they could hit specific targets almost in all of Israel. If you keep going uh, a little bit to the east, you have militias in Syria, that uh, that are driven and motivated and uh, controlled by Iran. Also in Iraq, the uh, if you go further south, you go all the way down to to Yemen. The uh, the Houthis have ballistic missiles. They too could reach almost all, all of Israel. So you do have this, as Ron Dermer said, the uh, em- former ambassador to uh, to the U.S. and now strategic affairs minister, uh, really a noose that they want to surround. Um, Surround Israel with two reasons. First of all, there one reason it presents a strategic threat if any or all of these uh, militias and proxies would launch against Israel. The other deterrent is that um, if Israel ever decides to attack Iran's nuclear facilities, Iran could sort of unleash all of these proxies at once and that really would produce this multi front war that this operation firm hand was preparing about. So they've talked for a long, uh, several years now, the idea. They used to talk about a war, a third Lebanon war with Hezbollah, but now because of all the proxies that Iran has stationed around the region, they're talking about a multi-front war whenever that may happen. uh, A pretty good motivation to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem and the protection of the uh, Jewish state right now. All
1: right. And Chris, The Economist ran a piece recently titled... Iran's religious leaders have nuclear bombs on demand. With a subhead, satellite pictures suggest America can't do much about it. And it states, I quote, Satellite pictures appear to confirm that Iran is building a nuclear facility in the Zagros Mountains near the existing Natanz enrichment site. It seems to be so deep under the ground that it will be invulnerable even to America's most powerful bunker-busting bomb. Unquote. Uh, Chris, how does this change America's and Israel's strategy towards Iran?
2: Well, militarily, it would seem like they would maybe have to go in there uh, with troops on the ground, perhaps, to go ahead and take over that nuclear facility. Uh, There has been talk about the kind of bunker-busting bombs that the U.S. may provide to Israel. They, They would have to hit one target, one specific target, Again and again and again and again with these bunker-busting bombs to to penetrate how how far underground and how concrete-hardened these uh, facilities are. Mm. So it makes it very very difficult. And Iran is very strategic in how they have not only buried them so far underground, but also multiple nuclear sites. So it's not just one nuclear site. The like, It was in 1981 with Saddam Hussein, 2007 with Bashar Assad in Syria. Uh, So it's going to be very difficult. And the question that many people have is, first of all, will Israel try to strike Iran's nuclear facilities? And number two, if they did, would they be able to stop and deter Iran from really getting a nuclear bomb? Now, apparently, they're just maybe days away from enriched uranium from uh, 80 plus percent to 90 percent. To military-grade uranium. Supposedly, this new agreement that we're talking about, Joel and Natasha, will reduce that enriched uranium to 60% in exchange for um, freezing uh, freezing assets. But I think people that have been observing Iran for many years know that any frozen assets that are released to Iran right now will go to its proxies in the region, will foment terror, Mm. and uh, it won't lead, many people believe, not to peace, but increased terror and destabilization in the region.
0: Chris, uh, we certainly appreciate your positive engagement and what you're doing in the Middle East, giving us clear insights and articulating uh, dependable and uh, concrete Uh, informative messages. And I think that's so helpful for our listeners and and also for the viewing audience here in America because so few are, are really given that information that you're providing. And your final thoughts on why America's leadership is so important for our allies in the region and specifically Israel and what people can do to be more involved and engaged to making sure that America's leaders do the right thing.
2: Well, American leadership is vital in the Middle East, and we've seen just in the recent several months that because of the withdrawal of the U.S. influence in the region, China has stepped in in uh, in a very uh, marked way because by brokering an agreement between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Uh, The perception in the Middle East right now is that many – the U.S. is not as engaged as it once was that it doesn't provide the security for many of its allies in the region like Saudi Arabia. And because of that, there seems to be a perception that many of these nations are, are allies. They'll find their own ways to protect their own nucle- their own national interests. And so I think it's very important for uh, the United States to be engaged to provide that security. So I think uh, not only do people need to be informed, uh, but I, they also need to be uh, engaged in terms of contacting their representatives on Capitol Hill uh, and also the administration, but also uh, also ultimately they should be praying about what's going on in the Middle East because it's very important what happens in the Middle East, as it has been said, doesn't stay in the Middle East and it can affect uh, all of us here in the United States.
0: Indeed. Chris, we thank you so much for your time this weekend on America's Roundtable. Chris Mitchell is the Middle East Bureau Chief based in Jerusalem, Israel, for CBN News, and uh, he has served uh, in that region for over 20 plus years, and we really appreciate your continued leadership indeed, Chris.
1: Thank you so much, Chris.
2: Great to be with you, Joel and Natasha.
0: We dedicate this weekend's program in memory of Pat Robertson, a pioneering Christian leader who advanced our shared values and principles. On June 8, 2023, Pat Robertson, longtime TV host, religious broadcaster, educator, humanitarian, and one time presidential candidate, died at his home in Virginia Beach. He was 93. Former President Donald Trump called Pat an incredible and powerful voice for faith and freedom in a statement on Truth Social. As reported by CBN News, in 1974, on the Mount of Olives, Pat Robertson vowed to the Lord that he and the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN, would always stand with Israel and the Jewish people. At America's Roundtable and International Leaders Summit, we shall miss the voice of one of America's leading figures. Our thoughts and prayers are with Pat Robertson's loved ones and the CBN family. God bless. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com, americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at AmericasRT. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.